It's hard to believe that Christmas has come and gone, and 2019 is right around the corner. Just for me, it's hard to believe. And just so you know, my name is, is Casey. So about a month ago, Pastor Monty's like, hey, Casey, do you believe in free speech? I'm like, yeah, Monty, I believe in free speech. Why wouldn't I believe in free speech? Didn't think anything of it. We kind of left it at that. And then you know, a week later, he's like, hey, Casey, he, he gave me a call. He's like, hey, Casey, do you still believe in free speech? I'm like, yeah, of course, I, I still believe in free speech. Like, he's like, okay, good, I need you to give a free speech the, the Sunday after Christmas if you're available. Um, and so, so here I am today, and I'm excited to be here and, and to give the message. I'm just going to give you the title right now, because otherwise I'm going to probably not mention it, but it's, it's, it's investing in what matters most. Investing in what matters most. So like, I don't know about you, but maybe your 2018 didn't quite go as planned, Maybe you had all these different goals that you were going to accomplish. Maybe you had all these things that you were going to change um, and maybe, maybe do something differently. Um, I got to tell you, like some, when, when change needs to happen, you usually have to invest in something, right? You have to usually invest in like, your, your personal health or growth, invest in your family. There's different things that you need to invest in. And you know, even at Christmas time, you invest in gifts, right? I have to show you something. Or, so my, my sister-in-law gave my son Cohen a Christmas gift. So he's going to be five. I have a picture of the gift that she got him. Let's take a look at that. So it's a pretty cool toy, right? There's four toys within this one. Um, so I said he's going to be five next month. Um, I don't know if you can see it, but it says for ages eight plus. So obviously he is not going to be putting this together. That means I got to put this thing together. Um, so if something's broken or you need to put something together, I'm probably not the first guy that you want to call. Like, I just want to let you know that up front. So not only that, but look at this. So looks like fun, but trust the next picture if we could. That's the instructions. Each toy had a sheet like this to put it together. Once again, I'm not the guy to put things together. So me, my, my two other brother-in-laws, we tried to put this thing together. Um, let's go ahead and show them the, the final product if you could. You probably can't see it too well. Um, the fourth one didn't even put together. It took us three hours to get the three together. It was, it was a nightmare. So my, my, my sister-in-law invested in this gift, and it was a terrible investment. I invested my time into this gift, which was a terrible investment. But the thing is, whatever change we're going to make, we have to invest something into it. And so we're going to talk about this, so how we can invest in things in 2019 to maybe lead some life change in 2019. So I'm going on about two years working at TD Ameritrade. Um, in my job, I get to talk to a lot of new clients, um, whether they're starting a new account, a retirement account, or a brokerage account to maybe start investing their money, to start um, doing something with their finances. And I, I answer a lot of questions. A lot of questions about what type of account should I open, or, or you know, what, what do I need to do to invest in something? How does your system work? I even answer questions. They want me to check their balance for them. So what I do is, I'm on the phone a lot, so I tell them, hey, go ahead and put your phone down. Put, put me on speakerphone. And I say, stand on one foot. And I tell them to stand on the other foot. And if I don't hear a thud, I tell them, well, your balance is pretty good, actually. Well, that's not the right balance, but anyways. But, so I don't actually do that. But they they, I, I talk to them about their balance and you know, what they have in their account. The question I always get, and it never fails, because you need to know, like, when you talk about investing your money, there are so many options. So many different options. On the New York Stock Exchange alone, there's over 2,800 companies you can invest in. NASDAQ has over 3,300 
you can invest in exchange-traded funds. There's about 40, over 4,500 of those. Mutual funds, 140,000 things you can invest in just in mutual funds alone. So there's all kinds of things that you can invest in. But the question they always ask me, it's a great question they should ask me and should ask us is, what should I invest in? It's a great question. What should I invest in? And unfortunately, in my job, if I want to keep my job, I cannot tell them what to invest in. I have to point them to maybe some resources that they can do some research on their own, but I can't give them the answer. They have to find out what to invest in themselves. At least they're asking the question, though. Not only do I get to talk to clients, but I also get the privilege and the opportunity to serve within TD Ameritrade, to volunteer. And a couple months ago, I volunteered. It was a stock market challenge. Um, it was for the, through the Boys and Girls Club. Over 200 kids were part of the stock market challenge. Each team had about four kids on each team, and us TD Ameritrade associates were the coaches for them. We were able to help guide them and direct them and maybe what to do. But, so each team was given $500,000. $500,000, they had 30 days to invest in these 10 different companies. So we, we narrowed down their options of what they could invest in. So we had, they had 10 companies they could invest in each day. Different things happened, like news, just like the, the normal stock market, right? It's like up and down, things going on, but they had to choose if they wanted to buy into something, sell something, or maybe not do anything. So it was supposed to work out that each team had a coach. The table I was at, there was two teams, and I was the only coach. So it was, it was going to be crazy anyways. But have you ever seen, like, any movies or TV shows of, like, the stock market floor? Like, have you seen how crazy those things are? Like, people are yelling and shouting, buy this, sell that. So they were trying to, to make that same environment for these kids. So we had about half the number of teams. We had these stockbrokers who were college students, who would go around and take these orders. So to get the stock workers' attention, these students had to be yelling, hey, trader, trader, trader. And it was kids were standing on tables, on chairs, just to get the traders' attention. So it was just insane to begin with. So as the competition's going, I have two teams once again. Team one were the Chumbawambas. They picked their own name. I, I didn't pick the name. So team one was Chumbawambas. Team two, I wish I remembered. It was something like Love Team or Love Boat. Or I don't remember what it was. But these two teams, I'm going to give you a, a comparison of the two. And it was a, a completely different experience with both teams. Team one, Team Chumbawamba, actually, they did amazing. They were great. They knew they had a game plan going into it. They knew what they wanted to invest in. They were all, they took all their money, invested it. Because it's hard to make money if you don't invest it, right? If it just sits there, you're not going to make anything on it. But they were willing to invest everything they had. And they were making choices and decisions. And they would ask me questions, which was great. And I would, you know, provide them some answers. I couldn't tell them exactly what to do. But I could maybe guide them and direct them once again into what they maybe could do. Um, they did amazing. They were about top 15 throughout the whole uh, competition. All of a sudden, the last two days, they got into the top 10. So they did truly, truly amazing compared to the second team. The second team, they were only really asking questions, and it was amazing. After day one, they only had about $50,000 invested. Day two, maybe another 25000 invested. I'm just like, I'm, hey, guys, you need to be fully invested. Like, you need to put all your money in the, the market if you want to have at least a chance to win. And they, wouldn't ask, they still wouldn't ask me any questions. They would continue to put small chunks of money in the market, not making a thing. Halfway through the competition, they still had $250,000 in cash just sitting there. 
doing nothing, just sitting there. I'm like, once again, like, I started, I, I stopped talking and telling them that. They, they weren't asking me questions. They weren't even listening to me. At the end of the competition, they finally almost had all their money invested. But at that point in time, it was too late. I, they didn't, there was 50 teams. They didn't get completely last, but they got second to last. It was almost like they were afraid to lose something that wasn't even theirs, right? The $500,000 wasn't even theirs. It wasn't even real, but they almost had this fear of what to invest it in. Like they didn't want to lose something that wasn't even theirs. It was just crazy. And I, I tried coaching them. I tried helping them. But they weren't even asking questions. They weren't even listening to what the things I was saying. They weren't even asking, what should I invest in? I couldn't even answer that question because they weren't even asking the question. The crazy thing is, and if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to go to Luke, the book of Luke. It's in the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke was a doctor. He actually wasn't one of Jesus' disciples, but, but he's retelling the life of Jesus through other people's viewpoints and what they experienced with Jesus. But Jesus had something similar where this man was asking him questions, almost the same question, like, hey, what should I invest in? And Jesus provided him an answer. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke 18. We're going to start in verse 18. And what it starts out saying is, Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked, Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. So the rich young ruler doesn't really start off on the right foot, right? He's calling him good, but Jesus responds, Hey, the only one that's good is God. So you know what that makes each one of us? Not good, right? If Jesus isn't good, we're not good either. But so Jesus responds, like any good teacher... He asks a question, right? So why do you call me good? But to answer your question, he says, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and your mother. And here the, the man responds. He replies. I, I think in this moment, he's probably puffing up his chest a little bit based on his response. It says, I've obeyed all those commandments since I was young. He's like, Jesus, since I was in diapers, I've been honoring my mom and father. Since I've been in diapers, I haven't murdered anyone. Look at me, I'm doing awesome. I'm, I'm a shoe in right? But when Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Say one thing. There's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. The Gospel of Mark says it this way, that, he, that when the, the rich young ruler heard this, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Crazy thing about this story is, is the rich young ruler went to the right person. He asked the right question. He was given the right answer, but he made the wrong decision. Like he went to the teacher. The teacher gave him an answer, but it was an answer that he did not want to hear. We're going to talk more about this, about how this man trusted more in his possessions. And if you have your Bible still open, we're going to go to, to Luke 21. To Luke 21, verse 1. And the first interaction was some man coming to Jesus asking him a question. This second story that, is, that Luke tells is about a, a whole different thing, something that, that Jesus observes. And verse 1 starts out this way. 
While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping the gifts in the collection box. I think Jesus is onto something here. We don't have anybody back there. But for our offering, you can either text it in, you can give online, but we actually have some vases in the back. So I think Jesus might be onto something. He might actually start putting people back by the vases. Maybe you start watching and put your offering in there. I'm kidding. We're not actually going to do that. It's the 21st century. We'll, put, we'll just put some cameras up. It'll be okay. But <laughs> Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a, for they have given a tiny part of your, their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. A couple things are interesting about, about that passage, about that story, is that like, Jesus didn't really talk about how rich the people were, right? He didn't talk about, that wasn't what amazed Jesus. Like, their riches did not interest Jesus at all. What Jesus was fascinated with, what Jesus observed, that this poor widow, like he saw this poor widow and her willingness to give everything she had. Everything she had, she was willing to give it all away. And I, I, I wish, maybe I don't, I don't know, but I wish this story maybe told more about why would, why would she do that? Like, I wish we could tell maybe, like, what her story was. Like, why is she so generous? Why would she give everything she had to the church? Like, I, I kind of wish I knew that. But I, you can probably just maybe think through this and maybe have some thoughts that, like, maybe, maybe her life has been completely changed by the church. There's some reasons why she's so generous. But for some reason, she who had so little was willing to give it away. She didn't even have to ask Jesus to do it, right? The rich young ruler came to Jesus, asked him, hey, what should I do to earn eternal life? She didn't even talk to Jesus. She didn't ask the question. She knew what she should invest in. She knew her, where everything she had wasn't hers to begin with, so she invested in the things that matter most, unlike the rich young ruler. You see, the, the rich young ruler had a lot of possessions, but I don't think he had a lot of possessions. I think his possessions actually had him. You see, that's the, that's the difference. If you can have possessions, and possessions aren't a bad thing. But what happens is, though, is when our possessions actually have control of us. Like, once they have us, you know what happens? Like, you don't want to let go of them. Like, they're, they're mine. They're my possessions. It's kind of like the Lord of the Rings, Gollum, right? It's mine. It's my precious. Like, you hold so tight onto these things that aren't even yours. But if you like the widow who had very little, she had some possessions, but those possessions did not have her. And she was willing to let go of the things that weren't even hers because, like she said, they weren't hers. And she was able to, willing to give everything away. And I don't know about you, but I wish I had that kind of faith. I wish my trust was so much in, in God that the things of mine that I think are mine I could give him away so for you like she gave. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19, starting at verse 19, it says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus is talking here about what we're invested in. The rich young ruler is in, 
his things were in earthly treasures. The widow's was more important and more invested in heavenly things. And so your treasures here on earth will not last. He's saying stop storing your treasures here where they can be stolen, they can break. And plus, the thing is, you can't take the things you have here on earth with you. I don't know if you know who King Tut is. I'm sure you do. But not just King Tut. There's other pharaohs and rulers who tried to take their treasures with them. They wanted to be buried with the things they had, right? So they're still buried. But guess where their treasures are? If we find them, it's in a museum somewhere. You can go look at his treasures right now. So they're trying to bury their things and take them with them. But that's not doable. You can't take the things you have here with you. Reminds me of a story of a man who had this weird thing. He would uh, uh, take his cash and put it in his mattress. Like Whenever he got any type of cash, he'd put it in his mattress. He did this for all of his life. And as he got older and as he got sick, he, he told his wife, hey, I just ask one thing. When I die, bury me with all my money. And the wife, being you know, a good wife, she's like, absolutely, I'll, I'll do that for you, not a problem. So as he, right there. But, but here's the thing, as he continued to get sicker, he actually ended up passing away, and the wife remembered she wanted to keep her word. So she goes to the mattress, takes out all the cash, goes right to the bank, deposits the money, writes a check, and puts it in the casket. That check is not getting cash. That's a smart wife right there, right? But that's the thing is that, that check is not getting cashed. You cannot take the things you have here with you. The things you have will not last. And that's what we're talking about here. Jesus goes on in verse 21 in chapter 6. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wherever your treasure is, there, the desires of your heart will also be. Your heart will always go where your treasures are. It's in, I think, for me, like, look, I think it's backwards. Like, you know, my heart's over here. Like, won't my money follow my heart? But if you, but if you listen to what Jesus says there's no, no, that's not the case. Like, wherever your money goes, your heart flows. Where your money flows, your heart goes. So the things that you put your money to... That's where your heart's going to go as well. And you know this. You, you've probably done this. Like, who here's bought a new car? And all of a sudden, you care a lot about that car. But not only that, you start seeing this same car everywhere you go. Like, it's just, it's just interesting. It's mind-blowing that every time you buy something new, or especially a new car, like, you, you see it everywhere you go. Same thing if you, you buy a house, right? All of a sudden, your desires are with that heart or with, with that home. I don't know if you ever bought a stock or bought uh, any type of stock in a company it's amazing. Like, you don't care about the other ones anymore. You care about how well that one stock is doing, right? Like, I don't get any calls saying, hey, how is this company doing that I'm not invested in? Like, they don't care about the company's not invested. They care about the company that they're invested in because their treasure is in that company. So their, their desires, their interests go to that because we have a vested interest in what we're invested in. Right? So once again, what Jesus is saying here is where your money flows, your heart goes. And that's what we saw in those two stories, right? The rich young ruler's treasures. His heart went there, right? He was so invested in his treasures, he would not let go of them. But the widow, her treasures were in heavenly things, and her heart and desires went to those things.
So as we talk about what matters most, like investing in what matters most, especially if we come into this new season, this 2019, investing in what matters most, I have no idea, like I said, how your 2018 went. I have no idea what plans or goals you have or what you're looking at doing or what big changes you want to make in your life and the life of those people around you. But I know this, that through the widow's example, through the way that she lived, I believe that, that if we invest in the things that she invests in, she was investing in life change. Like, she knew that the church invested in things that mattered to God. I'll just give you this right now. Is I, what we believe is the greatest investment in the world is people. The greatest investment in the world is people. People matter to Jesus. Right? God sent his son Jesus for people. It is the greatest investment in the world. And you see things on earth, especially if you talk about stocks, they give out quarterly dividends. They have, they have earthly dividends. But here on earth, the local church has eternal dividends. If you invest in the local church, you will experience eternal Let me tell you some of these eternal dividends. In 2018 alone, 105 people made a decision for Christ through this local church. 105 people, we celebrate that. That is an eternal dividend for investing what matters most. 61 people were baptized last year. 61 people. That is an eternal dividend of your investment in people through the local church. Several organizations being able to partner with, whether it's a, helping out single moms or addictions, marriages, whatever the case may be, we've been able to partner with so many different organizations because of your willingness to invest in what matters most. Even just recently, we were presented with an opportunity to help build a well in a foreign country, in Libya. $800 to build a well because they don't have clean water. Think about that. I don't know, that was not on my Christmas wish list. Clean water, I have plenty of clean water. But we were able, because of your generosity, because of you giving to something that matters most, we were able to give back and make an eternal investment because of your generosity, because of you care and invest in what matters most. And I think back to the widow. I think back to why would she would do that? I believe her life was so changed and transformed that she had to do that. It wasn't out of obligation because of the joy that she received from knowing that her life has been changed. I have a friend back in Sioux Falls, um, great friend. He's a mentor. He's a coach of mine. He's an amazing man of God. But that wasn't always the case. So about 15 years ago, he was chasing earth, earthly things. He was a, a bodybuilder, so he was always trying to get bigger. Once he got to the point where he couldn't get any bigger, he started using steroids. But then not only that, like he wanted all, more money, so then he started selling drugs. And then all of a sudden, he hit a point where he was arrested and spent some time in prison. So he was chasing all these earthly things, end up in prison, and it was through a ministry called Angel Tree. Anybody here heard of Angel Tree? A couple people? It's an amazing ministry. What they do is they, they buy gifts, people buy gifts for 
for children whose parents are incarcerated. It's just an amazing ministry. It's not just buying gifts, though. It's, they get a gift, but they also get the gospel message. So it's a truly amazing ministry. And, and my friend, his life was impacted through this ministry because his, his child was a recipient of a gift through the angel tree. And then through his time in prison, through that ministry, through other people, he gave his life to Christ, and his life has not been the same. Now, if you fast forward 10 years, he's done amazing things. He's still a follower of Christ. He still is involved in that ministry, but now he is the one that is buying the gifts for the children and sharing the gospel to these families. And so this Christmas, he actually, someone reached out to him that he helped out before, and he's like, hey, we're still struggling. You know, times are still tough. And this family that reached out to my friend has, has two girls and a little boy. And my friend's like, yeah, absolutely, I would love to help out. Our friend would love to take care of your gifts for you. So him and his wife go to the store. They buy um, these gifts for the girls. They're a piece of cake. But the, the boy, the son, he liked wrestling. They were, John Cena is his favorite wrestler. And they were just having a hard time trying to find the gift that he wanted. So they ended up buying a couple different things. They ended up buying some things that, you know, they thought that he might like. But they go home. My friend now has, has three boys. And one of his sons is a huge wrestling fan. Um, he's about 10 years old. And he has so many different things. He has so many possessions, especially wrestling figures and things like that. But they get home, and they're wrapping the gifts. They're talking about what they're doing and why they're doing it. And once again, they've been doing this for quite a long time. But then they, just, they start talking to their 10-year-old son. And like, hey, you know, we have these gifts for, for the little boy, but we couldn't find what he wanted. Like, we could not find the gift that he wanted. I know you have a lot of uh, different wrestling figures. Is there something you may want to give him? And the, the son gets up, goes to his room, comes back about five minutes later, and he says, hey, Dad, this here, this is, this is my, my most expensive toy, my newest toy. It's John Cena, and, and my friend is just in tears weeping. Like, you want to give away your most expensive toy? You want to give away your newest toy so that someone could experience Christmas. Like I said, my, my, my friends in tears, the whole family is just watching this happen. And he asked the question of why, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? And he responds, and this is something I wish hopefully my son will respond with as well, is because he says, Dad, because that's what you taught us to do. Like, my friend's life was so transformed, his life was so changed, that now he lives this generous life. Because I tell you this, being rich does not give you a generous life. But being generous gives you a rich life. And that's a life that if your life has truly been changed by Jesus Christ, all of a sudden you've been given so much, it's that type of life that you want to live as well. And all of a sudden, the things you have don't matter. The things that you have are not yours anyways. But he wants, he, he changed you so much that it changes your heart and it changes where your money goes and it changes your desires as well. Because just think, what if you started investing in life change? What if you started investing in the things that matter to God? What if you started investing in the homeless, the ones that can't read, the ones that don't have a father, what if you started investing in the things that truly matter to God? What if you started investing in the local church? Trust me, I believe what Jesus says, that once you start doing those things, your heart's going to follow your treasure where it's going. Where your money goes, your, 
where, where your money flows, your heart goes. And it is through that life change that lives are changed, that communities are changed, and that there's other places like Meadows Church, the local church, who are not a religious organization. We are about relationships. We are in the people business. And that's why the local church is the greatest investment you could ever make because we are all about life change. Giving back to this church, this local church, it's not about buying nice things and keeping the lights on. We could care less about the things we have, but we care about the people that are in the seats because their lives matter. So we'll never apologize for talking about giving back to God. We'll never apologizing for telling you how you can give back to God because we truly believe that's the greatest investment in the world. Life change. Like I said, 105 people this last year, 61 people being baptized. And we believe that is just a start of something God's gonna do through Meadows Church. We believe that this place is not gonna be big enough to hold all the people. We're gonna have to have two services. And who knows, we might even have to start new churches because of the people and the work that God wants to do in us and through us. And we're excited about that. And that's why we truly believe that if you wanna do something different in 2019, you need to start doing something new today. To start well, you need to end well. 2018, you can still do something different. You can still invest in life change. And the first life, I, I believe someone here, the first life that needs to change is yours. You're like the rich young ruler. You've been holding on to something. Jesus said, hey, let go of your, let go of your possessions, then come follow me. Let go of the things that are holding you back because his possessions prevented him from following Jesus. We don't know what happened to the man after he left, right? He left worse than he came. So there's someone here today, you've been holding on to something, whether it's an addiction, uh, whether it's a bad relationship, maybe a job that's keeping you from your family, whatever it may be, you've been holding on to something that's been holding you back from following Jesus. And today he's saying to you, get rid of that. Get rid of that junk. Then come follow me. Because it's interesting, it, it says all those things. Like you, you kept the commandments, but that's not going to give you eternal life. It's being a follower of Jesus. It's being committed to following him wholeheartedly. You see, Jesus answered the question, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded, to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love, you, love your neighbor as yourself. That man loved his possessions more than God. His possessions took the place of God, which prevented him from being a follower of Jesus. So today, the biggest life change could be your own by saying yes to Jesus today. If that's you, we want to celebrate you, with you. We believe it's the best decision you can make. The next thing for 2018, maybe your resolution is to start investing in other people, to start giving back and giving to the local church. The last thing we need is your money. Like, I, I just want to tell you that. Monty would love me to tell you that. The last thing we need is your money. But it's amazing what happens when your treasures go to a matter to God. Like, I, I'm curious of what, would have happened, or what happened to the widow's offering. Even though it was a small amount, I'm just curious on how much life change that led to. If you think back to the story of how Jesus fed the 5,000, a little bit of amount went a long way. And it doesn't matter how much you have. Giving out of your surplus doesn't matter. He does not care about that. He cares about your heart and your willingness to give to what he cares about. 
So maybe today you need to start doing something that will last forever. You need to start investing in people, the things that matter most to God. And we'll celebrate that as we continue to do his work, as we continue to lead people to Christ and their God-given purpose. Let me pray for us. Father God, you are so good. You are with us. You are for us. And God, I think, I truly believe that as soon as we realize the things we have are not ours. The Bible says that everything is yours. And we are to be good stewards of it. And God, I know there's been so many times where I've fallen short. There's been so many times where I, I invest in the things that I want to invest. I want to buy the things that I want to buy. That my possessions become mine and I'm not willing to give them or share them. But God, I just pray that today you do a work in us. First and foremost, that we give our life to you. Because that's the best decision. That's the best investment we can make in our own lives and our family's lives. But then God, I also I just pray that we let go of the grip of the things we have. And that we're open to listening to you and being obedient to you and how you want us to, to invest freely, especially through the local church, Father God. I just think of all the lives that have been changed since Meadow started. All the stories, all the families, all the people that have come through those doors, they matter to you, so that's why they matter to us. And there's a community out there that do not know you. That's why we'll continue to do what we do each and every day as we lead people to Christ and the God-given purpose. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.